Subscribe to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Coach and K-Rock are back after a long hiatus. Woo! Season 2. We met Kevin Smith. Have we seen the end of cons as we know them? And uh, Fleabag broke my brain. And oh my god, K-Rock watched Inception. All that and more on today's NerdPod. In a world overrun by content, the line between good and terrible is blurred by the very people who create and sell it. In a sound studio in New England, two average Joes are pushing back, giving their observations and recommendations on comics, video games, TV, movies, and more. Two men, one quest, one desire. You're listening to Coach and K-Rock's Nerd Pod. It's season two. It's been, it's been a long time, bro. It has, and not that like our world has stopped. I mean, it's not like because we weren't on the air, we didn't um, do nerd pod things. We just have been unable to record it. So I'm glad to be back in my new studio. I'm in in, in the new studio, which is um, you know surrounded by toys and nonsense, which is great. Um, we'll see how the audio comes out out of the new studio. I'm no longer in the closet. Um, but man, lots of new stuff. You're a married man. That's right. Congratulations. Got, thanks. Yeah, that's right. We got the uh, wedding was in the fall in October. So uh, you being the best man and everything. So indeed, we indeed. definitely well, partied together. Um, a lot of stuff happened over the past six months or so. I know it's been a long break for us. However, uh, we're back now, uh, I think, more focused than ever because there's nothing else really getting in the way. I mean, I had a wedding. uh, You had a couple – well, we had a graduation, right, or two graduations. Yeah, a couple graduations, graduation parties. Um, You know, the first one, Kyle graduated from high school and then then graduated from boot camp, um, which I don't think we recorded a show after that. Maybe we did, but – yeah, and so we, were, my wife, myself, my mother out in Chicago uh, to see Kyle's graduation, and he's now out in uh, sunny Point Loma, California, um, although I probably shouldn't even be saying that. He's, uh, he's doing great, and, uh, and now we're moved, like we're, we're in, the, in the latter half of my, son, my other son's junior year, um, but uh, not a lot going on. Football's over. Um, and we're ready. I mean, we've just missed so many things and yeah. now we're ge- gearing up into a new, like the Oscars for some reason really kind of hit me hard on that. We weren't on the air and, you know, cause we always did an, an Oscar preview show and we had really deep discussions. We had laid out predictions. We didn't get to do a lot of that this year. So, um, no. to start, start the new year, it's like only been a couple weeks since the Oscars aired, um, I was devastated by the numbers. I mean, the Oscars got crushed. I mean, it, it just didn't. I think like the WNBA that night got more ratings than the Oscars did, which, um, <laughs> hey, listen, it, it's fine, um, yeah. but it, a little disappointing. And I, I'm not sure what's going on with that. But um, in any event, I thought it was a decent show. It was a little pandering. But um, but yeah, anyway, good way to start off uh, the new year. And, you know, it's, it's just time. It's been time. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was able to obviously get married. All that happened, but just kind of digest a ton of content over this 
you know, the fall since we've last had a show together, you know, everything from the Joker to catching, you know, a bunch of shows on Netflix and Prime, Apple TV, even that their their new channel. So I just digested a ton of content. Um, it's so much it's hard to even like fathom what I watched. I know. Um, did get a chance to go through Inception. I uh, did love it, and I need to watch it again. Uh, I think I was texting you during it, like, how many layers are we now in? Four, I know, five? I know, <laughs> I know, dude. It's so, and it's funny because I, I had a, a friend, uh, I have a friend who I grew up with, you know, like one of my, my re, you know, probably my first friends in my life. And you know how life happens. You just disconnect with people. We had disconnected for a long time. And thanks to the joy of social media, we've reconnected recently. And he's a good guy. And, um, you know, he was out in California working for Fidelity, and now he's back on the East Coast. And I had he had not seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet. And you know that is another movie that you need to digest. Like you need to 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 watch it and then let it sit for a week or two, and then go back and watch it. And now I think I'm on like four or five of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But you rediscover things each pass but in, nothing more than inception maybe the matrix but nothing more than inception encapsulates that and it was great to get your take on how you thought you know because that ending is very um you know i wouldn't say hotly contested but i would say that people have different interpretations instantly on seeing that so to get your you know, as it was happening was really cool for me. Like, I'm, I'm like, wow, that was his take on it. That was not necessarily my first take on it, but I don't remember because I probably watched it 40 times. So, yeah, my um, take, I, I, th- I don't think this is a spoiler at this point, but if you haven't seen the end of uh, Inception, just mute for about 10 seconds. Uh, so, I think Leo's character is, st- he was dreaming the entire time. He's stuck in a dream, he's stuck in the, the loop of it. Uh, that's my take that the little top never was stopping the spin. And that was his indicator if he was in a dream or not. Yeah. And how were those kids? I mean, they had so many missions and you know, they were over, I, you had to, they were talking about past experiences, right? Like he, he wasn't gone for a short period of time. And, you know, like Michael Caine says to him, like, it's going to take more than stuffed animals to have your kids remember you obviously some time had passed. How were the kids in the exact same position in the exact same clothes and turned the exact same way when he finally got to see their faces? So yeah, man, I think, uh, and if you ask Nolan about it, he's been asked about it 10 trillion times. It's, you know, the standard David Chase answer of, you know, interpret it how you will. It's meant for your own interpretation. I've looked at that. I've seen the end of that movie, like I said, maybe 50 times or something. And the top does seem to be starting to, to, to tumble a little at the end. The cutaway mm-hmm. does say a lot, though. And so, but anyway, in, in any event, uh, what a terrific movie. I thought Joseph Gordon-Levitt was the best. Um, and is there anybody better than than Eames in that, uh, Tom Hardy's role in that movie is just... He, that's my favorite role that he's ever been in. Yeah, and it was he, great. Maybe it and, amazingly. You're right, Tom Hardy. He just every anytime he's on screen, I'm I'm kind of captured by his performances. He puts it all out there. But, and, and and was there anybody better than Cillian Murphy to play, um, you know, the son in that in the, you know, and, and oh man, just that movie just crushes my soul. I'm so glad you've seen it. But <laughs> now now very seldomly do I get moved and. 
you know, when watching stuff. Like, I get excited for Marvel stuff. I get excited for Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it's seldom that I, I – and even Bosch right now. Bosch is something that we talk about a lot on this show. And we both love that that love that love show because it's, it's well executed. It's well acted. I think I even texted you the other day. I was watching season five and – you know, the four. honey, or yeah, I'm sorry, season four. And the honey, um, honey what's Chandler. Her name? But, Yeah, honey Chandler character. You know, it's so layered and so great and so developed, but seldom do I get sort of punched in the mouth on something that I watched that I just completely was not expecting, where I feel completely compelled and engaged in it. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is the only film that's done that to me this year or in the last calendar year where it stood me up like and the, the it's the use of the of the music and it's the use of yeah you know and how ridiculous they make um you know text look and that just there's so many layers to it and I, and I wanted to add that I felt like Fleabag did the same thing probably the only show that maybe has ever done that to me where I was expecting one thing and completely got something else they're super short episodes. We binged it in one night, two seasons. And the the layers, like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like I don't believe in divinity. But I, I but if there is divinity, somebody came down and touched that girl to make that series. Mm. Because it's it's incredible, man. It's incredible. And yeah, I have to catch that one. You, you were gotta, talking about that one to me yesterday. And I'm like, to Caitlin saying we should watch that I, I don't think she has as much interest in it as i do but i'll be checking that one out for sure yeah uh, man similar it's... to your feeling on that one like i have talked about this show before on uh, earlier episodes but narcos mexico season two came out yeah and i already watched the entire thing it is incredibly well done i mean you do have to have that uh, ability to get through subtitles because 50 percent or more is in spanish they yeah, let the needs to be. Yeah. actors speak their native language, which makes it even more real to you. But the overall narration is in English. So it it's so well done and captures that time in the 80s when the drug cartels were just developing and becoming these billion-dollar powerhouses in the world. Um, yeah, it, it beautifully acted. Another show that just moves me every time I watch it. And for me, like going from, you know, the title talking the story of Pablo Escobar through to the Mexican Federation, um, which is like all the plazas getting together and, uh, you know, basically becoming the conduit of the Colombian cocaine into the country. Huge business. I mean, billions yeah, yeah. and billions and billions of dollars. Like we couldn't even fathom the amount of money these these drug dealers were making. I know, um, and and changing and taking over governments and oh yeah, yeah, just just the whole um, and and I haven't dug into any of those narcos um, shows. I, I although I think it's just a, a time thing, right? Like it's not a. I, when I don't you're have done uh, with Bosch. This is yeah. the show that's going to scratch that itch. All right, well that's good. Okay. I like to hear that. That's how I could say because Bosch for me is like number one. I will watch that as soon as it comes out. Oh but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in, Waiting for another season, Narcos came out at the perfect time, and it got that crime drama, that you know, the the drug dealing drama, cops and robbers, however you want to spin it. It got it scratched that itch for me in a big way. Um, but yeah, Bosch season five is just around the corner, and I know I'm so excited, man. I, it's bittersweet because the ending is in sight. They said it's picked up for a seventh 
season, I think, and that'll be the end. Yep. So we're gonna see six, and then seven, and then done. Yep. yep. So it's um, it's really yeah, that's it's exciting, and God, the Jerry Edgar character and the and um, if you look at like I want you to go back. I don't know how many times you've done it, but. If you look at the things that they're and they're starting to do, they laid the groundwork on Jerry Edgar, you know, the family ties back to Haiti mm-hmm. and a lot of that stuff. I mean, like the the um now again, he was Marlo Stanfield in The Wire, who which I still put as the number one show of all time, any genre, any anything, The Wire, I believe is the greatest show ever created. Um and and he played the scariest character, the best maybe other than Michael K. Williams playing Omar and the, the, the deep and the richness of the, of the Jerry Edgar character is really incredible. And I really hope that they continue that Haitian storyline and, and draw more out of the complexity of J. Edgar. Cause he's, yeah. I, I, I truly love that character and I hope they bring Honey Chandler back. I hope they bring, um, it's too bad that they killed that lawyer in um, the angel's loft because um, he was another great one in uh, in the wire too. I mean that cast is full of wire characters. It's incredible. It so really they've, is. they've done an awesome job of bringing in multiple books into one season. If you've read the Michael Connelly books, you, you'll know how the seasons or not the seasons, but the stories play out with these characters. And that book series has been running since early nineties. So we're yeah, talking close to thirty years of character character development and. and and Michael Connolly writes it, so it, it it goes on and on and on. So the characters are aging, retiring, and so on. So it's pretty fun to see him compacting all these stories, changing it just enough so we can keep people like Jerry Edgar involved, uh, the chief involved. Bosch is still the same, somewhat the same age, you know, plus or minus a few years. Sure, but sure. you know what I mean. It, it's it's going to be exciting to see them putting all these stories together. Uh, I think season six I read was going to be the Overlook and the Dark Sacred Night books that he put out. Um, again, bittersweet. It's such great stories, so much to pull from. And I'd love to see where he goes from here, Michael Connolly, now that he knows how to um, basically have a show of his characters, right? Because mm. he did the Lincoln Lawyer with, Lincoln Lawyer with Matthew McConaughey, you know, yeah. however many years back it was, which was good. It was. I liked it. But at the same time, you want to see – I want to see more of that character as well um, and kind of like how the MCU is a thing. He could very easily with all the different book – like he has just book after book, different main characters that he writes for. So they all have their own series. You could certainly see him doing an MCU-styled show on and sure. on and on if he wanted to. I mean it's a yeah. lot of work but – well, I think David Balducci could have done it with Born Two, with the Born series, very sure. similar, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that they went down. I, I just think that the timing didn't work perfectly. I thought Jeremy Renner was a great character to move into on, you know, getting away from Matt Damon and into a different um, sort of scope of that world. So I think it's got to be done properly. But it's certainly. I mean, listen, man, we're in the golden age of content. There's room for everything. And we've seen that millions and millions, hundreds of millions of people 
can commit to a giant sprawling storyline mm-hmm. um, like the MCU. You can get it over 23, 24 movies and continue on and people want more. Um, I think that we're giving the audience a lot more credit than we ever have in the past. And uh, I think that could lead to a lot of the things like that, right? Like uh, building and creating a, a universe around it. So really excited about uh, about Bosch. Um, hey, man, we met Kevin Smith. That happened. Yeah, I was, uh, that happened. It it did. It was incredible. Uh, yeah. We had it. There was a, an event in Boston. Uh, what it was around October? I don't I know. It was cold. No, September. it was cold. It was like uh, it was freezing. So it was before the wedding, right? It was after the wedding. It was after the wedding. All right, so November. After the wedding. So gotcha. November might have been even. No, no, no. Where were? Yeah. So we were just back from. Uh, Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. So Kyle graduated in November. So I think it was. It was late November, maybe. So we had a, it was kind of a, a, a surprise. Like we had talked about going. I got the, the tickets. I said, we are going to do this right. So we went in, did the VIP package to get to meet, shake hands with Jason Muse and Kevin Smith, get to talk to him, take pictures. And unbeknownst to us, get a bunch of cool stuff after the fact. I know. Uh, I know. That was huge. How was that, man? Because, I mean, I, I can talk about it. It's awesome to meet somebody like that, and, and he, he is everything you, you think of him, but you have, obviously, a bigger emotional connection to this guy. So how did that go for you? Yeah, so, I mean, I talked more with Jason Muse. Um Because Jason Muse sort of in his prime of, like, the horror stories that you hear – he hung out in Providence. He hung out at Jerky's and, you know, at a, a this this club that we we know. It's sort of like a, you know, hardcore club where musicians from our time, like the local scene, would very much hang out there. I think they kind of still do, some of them. Um, you know, the, the hangers-on, I think, are still there shooting pool on Thursday nights for a dollar, uh, Long Island iced teas or whatever they do, the little pizza joint. But... They, uh, so I instantly, we connected on that because I remembered him from that time. And there's a lot of sort of legendary stories in the late 90s uh, and early 2000s about Jason Music in Providence. And so we connected over that. And so, and I felt like the encounter with Kevin Smith was, you know, it's difficult to explain for such a huge fan. It was incredible. And I'm glad that we did it. And I was really happy. But it was fast, and I think that there's a – I think it's it's hard for me to explain. I think that – and I I have this with Joe Rogan too because I listen to the Joe Rogan experience every day or, you know, as as frequently as I can. Sometimes he loses me on – other things, right? Like he'll go down a path of MMA or something that I'm not that interested in and I punch out. But there are times that I'd listen to hours and hours of that show in a month. Um, if I listen every day for a month, they're two and a half hour shows. I listen on my way to work and then on my way back. You get to know people and you get to know, uh, you know, they're almost their family life and their friends and the way that they respond to things. And then when you spend so much time with that person, it's almost like you know how they would react to things in the exterior world and they don't even know you. Like they don't, you know them so, so well. And I think that's part of the, uh, you know, that, that relationship that you get when you get obsessed with things like we do. Mm -hmm. And that was the, so that I knew that that exchange could never live up to 
like what what the expectation is because Kevin Smith could never like I could never give him back what he's given me. But at the same time, like it would be impossible for him to to love his fans back as much as they love him. And so it's it's um it's complicated, right? It was amazing. I'm so glad we did it. And uh, he's so like uh, for doing it so many times throughout the course of a year. And this road show, I mean, it's like nothing he's ever done before. I mean, every right. night he fills up with three thousand of his fans, and you know, whatever. Hundred. I, I think we kind of what about a hundred did what we did. You know, paid the higher. There were a couple people that paid for the super high ticket price of sitting there and actually having a conversation with him. Then there was the next level down, which is what we did, which was the meet and greet, the pictures, the, you know, the extra swag stuff, which was awesome. And then there was general admission where people get to come up and ask a question if they wanted to. So imagine doing that so many times it becomes impersonal. It has to come impersonal. All these people love you, right? At some point it does. And yet he still, like he genuinely was happy to see us, right? Like, and that I would I would say is the biggest takeaway is how do you maintain that level? And it truly just shows that the guy loves what he does and he do and he does love his fans, even though not individually, collectively. And I think he understands what he's provided to fat kids from New Jersey like me. Right? I think he knows. <laughs> I was I think blown he knows. away. Like the the connection that he has with you, even though it's 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 a it, you're in and out. You probably have thirty seconds to forty five seconds to yeah. that they really want you there. But he's one of those people that he engages. He wants to talk to you. He was very interested to hear. At least he played it <laughs> that he was very interested to hear that. You know, this was a dream of yours. You were my best man. This was something that was on our our, our list of things we had to do to meet him. And he seemed to be generally into it and. And somewhat moved by it, like that—that that was our thing. We we could have gone separately and each gotten our own time with them, but we went as a a, a, a collective. We went together. We did, yeah. And I think that speaks. I mean, Jason was very wonderful too. Just equally, like they're into their fans, and with meet and greets, like we've done the comic cons, we've done those things where you spend twenty bucks to to shake hands with some ex child actor. Done, yeah, and we've they done that suck. Money. They're ter- yeah. like they just don't care. They don't appreciate what with their fans. They they're in it. Yeah, to- and, and Val Kilmer goes, but you know, hides behind a curtain like we, yep. you know, when we were at Terrificon. I mean, it's a, you know, it's that it's that thing. And and so, uh, and I also we did Kevin and I did get to make the connection of of Kevin McCarthy too, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, That's the right. fact that the fact that he told tell, told the story at Comic Con that without Kevin McCarthy we don't get the Ben Affleck cameo. And, you know, Kevin, I've mentioned on this show numerous times that Kevin and I worked together at um, WJFK in Washington, D.C. He was, you know, he's a bit younger than uh, than me. He's maybe, you know, six or seven years younger than me. And he was, like, abused. Kevin was beat up by the morning show guys there in D.C., the junkies. And they just made him do stuff. And, like, he earned his bones. Like, he, that dude came through and was just doing movie reviews. And they'd even make fun of him with those and so there's a guy who fought his way through a very difficult young entertainment time to become now. He is really, I would say, and I don't know if you agree with this, but he's like sort of the Joel Siskel of, of now. Anytime you see a press junket, it's always Kevin doing the interview. Always. Yeah. And, you know, he's gay. he wears the goofy clothes. He wears the, you know, like the suits. And his thing is always he brings out a movie stub of the star's first movie, right? So, or the first one that made him big. So if he's with... 
Jim Carrey, he brings out a mask or Ace Ventura original ticket when he went to the cinema. Like that's a cinephile that loves cinema to a level of um, insanity. And so, <laughs> you know, and, and so Kevin lit up when I said, oh, we have a mutual friend, Kevin McCarthy. He's like, oh, my God, how do you know Kevin? The, this movie doesn't happen if it's not you know, for Kevin. And so I told him, yeah, we worked together at JFK and uh, he's a great guy then. I mean, Kevin was recommending that we go see There Will Be Blood when he was a young, just out of college guy. Like he, he uh, so, so that was a really nice connect, a moment. And, and it was nice to hear him say that, you know, somebody that impacted my life impacted his life. So it was a connection that was cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it was good. And then I was away. Where was I? Canada or something when uh, Kevin came to Providence. So we missed that one. Yeah. But I think the one time was good. I don't think we need. We had seen the movie the night that it came out in yep. Framingham and then we went and met Jay. so it was perfect like and now I own it I've watched it three or four times I still say the best piece of dialogue that he has in that entire movie or in any movie is the Ben Affleck dialogue when he's talking about being a father oh it's and fantastic for me that <laughs> is the the highlight of that entire movie and I love Jason but he's a terrible actor and you know <laughs> it was some of those like oh, man lines kept, they were super cringy but that's what you expect from that and See, I for me, it. all those things I love, but for the the one thing that I keep going back to is Fred Armisen with the hater tots. Oh, the hater tots I is fantastic. Die whenever I see tater tots on a menu, I just go hater tots, hater tots, hater, hater tots. tots, hater tots. <laughs> I just want to throw them at people. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great, great moment of. Oh of my hater god, tots. that one still yeah. cracks me up. <laughs> yeah, pretty oh, great. Man. Yeah, so it was amazing. You, you know, they, everyone says. You know, be careful about meeting your heroes because they tend to lead can let you down. In this case, yep. I don't think that was the case at all. No, you ever no, have a chance to, to to meet someone and it's someone like Kevin who honestly you can sell cares about his fans, do it. It's worth yep. it. It's probably once in a lifetime. I don't know if we'll ever get a chance to do it again. Hopefully we will. But I'm very happy we were able to do that together. Uh, I thought it was a really awesome time. Um, it was me. Yeah, James Thanks Simon for setting Bob it up. It was great. Reboot was fin- – I thought it was hilarious. It was everything I wanted it to be as a fan. For sure. Um, it was yep. never going to be in the level of Inception. We knew it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Wasn't going to challenge us. We weren't going to – there weren't going to be any of those kind of takeaways and that's fine. But it was a fun, fun, fun movie and it, it, it scratched the itches that I think we both had to see them back on screen. And totally. Now, and now, and now, right. Now we get to see – Clerks uh, 3. Yeah, Clerks 3 and Mallrats 2 and – you know, now, now this is the, the Kevissance, right? We're going to see, um, and there's a Kevheads documentary, which somebody reached out to me about recently. Um, so Caleb and I are both producers on Shooting Clerks, where, you know, in name only by donation producers for Shooting Clerks. Yep. But on top of that, now, um, I think we're going to have a space in Kevheads, um, which is a, a documentary pretty much around the lunacy of Kevin Smith's fans that follow him around that, you know, show up to Hollywood Babylon shows and, and the uh, fat man beyond shows and all of that. So, um, and people that show up live shows and pay money to meet him and go to the cons and, you know, love, tell him Steve, Dave and all that stuff. So, um, hopefully we'll have our little piece in that too. And, uh, it's going to be cool. That's coming. And I think that's going to be coming right around the time that, uh, the convergence of, uh, the new year, you know, you'll hear releases, the release dates for Clerks 3 and it's going to be interesting so if you're a Kevin Smith fan it's uh you know that that your time is now like our our rebirth is happening from 1994 so there we go so Um, uh you bring up cons man 
you brought up you had an interesting take we were talking about um are the big cons are they going away i mean and yeah. I, I wanted to hear you talk more about that on the show because we love well, cons it, we think they're great but they're they're ch- they are changing they are changing and here's the thing i think that you know as somebody that's been going to cons for a really long time and even the, the you know, the, the local one that we have here or Terrificon, like that's, I love a con to be that way and, you know, smaller with more sort of obscure stars and, you know, people that their performance really changed the way that, you know, maybe you view things or it was really part, major part of your childhood. And then this thing happened and I think maybe it was like, I, I, I like I said, I think we could pinpoint the date of the convergence, right? Like the can when all of these things were at their absolute peak and here's what I'm going to say that these things were. So Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, Star Wars Rebirth and the MCU were all so, you know, was that around maybe after the Red Wedding, you know, maybe mm-hmm. around the Purple Wedding time? I would guess is right at the peak of ratings for when The Walking Dead was like, you know, at its absolute peak, maybe pre-Glenn getting killed, like a season, one full season before that. Yep. yep. And Star Wars was either, you know, The Rise of Skywalker. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was not even a thought. What was the first one? The Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Yep. Had either just come out or was just coming out. And... The MCU, and my guess would be it was around Guardians, right after Guardians 1. So if we converged and looked at those dates when all of that was happening, within a two or three month span, the two cons closest to those events were cultural, crazy, that might be like right when they started Kevin on the IMD boat, and you saw big studios spending huge dollars, and these cultural, like, it was... you couldn't turn on the internet and not see something from one of those cons. And then the exterior cons started to get more popular. And you look at the, you know, the cons in Seattle and the one in LA and then Boston. And you see, how is it that the, the, the cast of Go- the entire cast of Goonies and the entire cast of back to the future are all in one place at one time at a minor non San Diego con. Yeah. And you're like, Holy crap. Like that. So, and we, we were really in sort of a rebirth of the cons. And now, I mean, I don't know, man, I think those things have peaked. I think that where I, I, I think now will be a really good time for star Wars because I, if you judge by the Mandalorian, I think they're headed in a great path. It's not going to be the Rise of Skywalker. I think it's going to be more of the Mandalorian. Yeah. I think we're you know we have a Rick Grimes list Walking Dead. The the fan base has shrunk significantly across all those platforms. Game of Thrones is over. Westworld did not take the the, the mantle. Not nope, that many not people are watching West, Westworld. Not even close. And. You know, or The Witcher or any really good epic like there. So I think we're in a lull, man. And I think that you're going to see it all over the place. Like D23 is going to be the place where they announce. It's not going to be Hall H. It's going to be D23. And each individual con and conference is going to be more important again, like it was five, seven, eight, 10, 12, 15 years ago. And I, th- I think that the day of now, does that not mean that there'll still be Hail Marys and attempts like, like, um, 
Marvel may throw a ton of money at Hall H on some movie that they really want to do well. I don't know. I mean, I, I still think that they may use D23. So that's that's my opinion. I think that you're going to not see people spend tens of millions of dollars to promote movies and things anymore. I think and, and I think that does trickle down to, you know, game events and comic book events. And it all trick. It all starts in San Diego and works its way down from the con uh, perspective. That's what I think. Yeah. I mean, there's that's certainly been a. Uh, um a drafting behind those bigger cons. We went to like Fantastic Con in Connecticut, which on all isn't a big con at all, but it was busy as hell. I think. I think it's it probably, really probably biggest draws that they had, and it's it's a traditional comic book centric Comic Con. Yeah. Um, so you could see all these little ones. Providence, Rhode Island, they're huge. You can't even get close to that one. Um, it's true. It sells out in a minute. Then you have Boston. So all these like mid, these minor league, if you will, they're performing like it's every year, over and over every year. They're selling out in a matter of moments. They're attracting big, big stars. But I, I don't see the the content. I mean, just a, as a, a year, two years ago it was like wow. Every month there was something amazing coming down the path. Yep. There was something awesome. MCU was in full gear. Uh, Star Wars was still exciting. Uh, we don't have that anymore right now, and I really no. feel we're about to hit a little bit of a valley here. I mean, yeah, MCU I think that's is, okay. Is re- restarting, you know, there you know, Black Widow's coming out, and it's it's going to be the first step in a phase two. It's similar to how Iron Man came out years and years ago, and no one really knew what was going to happen from that point. No one could have predicted, and we can't predict now. I mean, what they accomplished. Star Wars just wrapped up. Rise of Skywalker. You know, the Skywalker saga. Uh, should be over, but it probably isn't because they're going to say, we kind of botched the end there. We didn't stick the landing. So let's get people's butts back in theaters and see if we can do this right. So there's certainly a case to be made that they're going to go back to that well and try to fix what went wrong. Um, you're right, Mandalorian is awesome, and it, but it's on Disney+, Plus, so it's a streaming show. It doesn't have that mass, mass of appeal or, or accessibility that, say, something like on AMC does. The Walking Dead was unstoppable in its prime. Nothing could compete against it. Nope. And everything has a life cycle, right? It just it lives, it succeeds, and then eventually it'll go away. And yeah. fortunately, a lot of these things that we, I think, most of us took for granted are going away. They're wrapping up. And it's going to be a little bit of a void while new shows try to jockey for that attention that we had. Better Call Saul. We're entering into its second to last season. So that's yeah. another phenomenal show that I think is nearly as watched as much as it should be. But that's going away. Bosch yep. is going away. Yep. Right? Yeah. Um, it's... it's and then the shows that are new, there's nothing there that I mean, it's really, really good stuff, but it's nothing that captures people, people's attention like those other shows have in the past. Stranger totally. Things is already probably midway through its life, right? Um, and they're about to do a completely big shift. It looks like on season four, so everything's changing. The entire game is changing, which goes back to the cons. How do they best get this out there? Uh, D23, Disney owns everything now. (laughs) So why would they spend the money to go to San Diego Comic-Con when they can just do it themselves? That's right. right. And and so I think it opens up a a new world. Now, here's... 
when you go to Disney and we're going to Disney, you know, relatively soon, um, you know, I've been going to Disney since I was five years old, really important to my father. And Disney is like, you know, physically going to the parks is, you know, the first time you did Spaceship Earth or the first time you did the great movie ride or the first time you did the Tower of Terror or Aerosmith or any of those things. You think like, how is this possible? They push the limits, right? They push the limits of what you think is possible in your, and they, they're continuing to do that. And we hear that they're continuing to do that. You know, these big sprawling rides and you say like, can they hold to that standard? One thing that I know for certain is Disney parks will always blow your mind and HBO will always have, you know, the, the best television show of the decade. And I'm holding firm in that in that belief that, sure, there's always some stuff like, you know, John from Cincinnati. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I also believe that, you know, it, it, it's not going to be a Game of Thrones spinoff. The next big Sopranos slash um, Game of Thrones slash whatever big ones, The Wire that you want to talk about, they've got another one in them coming relatively soon. But, you know, sometimes that's five years, six years before they find the right formula to, to get that. And I think that is a driving force in that. When And I think AMC... I don't know that they've got that same credibility. I don't know that they're surefire. They had Mad Men, which was incredible, one of the greatest shows of all time, and they had The Walking Dead. They've had others, right? Breaking like, Bad. Breaking Bad, obviously huge. Um, those three are in the conversation for greatest of all time. And so, uh, but are they consistent? Will they come back? They've got as many Into the Badlands and Preachers as they have, um, you know, and Hell on Wheels. Not, not saying any of those shows were bad, but just didn't have that the mass appeal that they thought they they would get. So are they consistent? And now you've got Hulu and Prime and Plus and you know all these things. It's gonna. We're, I think we're in a transitional time now, and I think that there's enough great content out there to last us for a really long time. I want to see more. Phoebe Waller, you know, the girl from Flea. Like, I, I want to see these independent creators more than I want to see 25 more Marvel movies. But I think that we're going to see a new direction come out of this. And I don't know that it's going to be Game of Thrones or MCU or, or Star Wars. I don't think it is. I don't. I don't. I, I think that I think that most of these things are, are, are fine in their life cycle. I do. Yeah, I, good call. I think the... Um you bring up all the different streaming services. The, the they are they're testing the waters. A lot of them are, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Netflix probably more so than anybody because they've been doing it longer. Um, I mean, they took a risk on Witcher, uh, which is something I I dove into and watched the the first season, and I thought they did a phenomenal job on bringing a book slash video game to screen using Henry Cavill, who before that was really just known as Superman. Uh, Great job with it. Big risk. They're also doing, I just saw uh, come up on my feed, uh, a new Transformers show, but a cartoon. Not, no, that's not good. a live action, not not a Bayformers, but like it looks like a legit ode to the 80s Transformers. So they're pulling in these really, really good fan service type of shows on Netflix. Um, and then they'll, they'll put something out like Narcos, which for me is just 
it's one of those must watches. But again, it's not something that everybody wants to do because as we've seen some people out there without naming names have trouble reading <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Which is the yeah, best yeah. picture, Parasite, which is uh, – so I haven't seen it yet. Everything that I've read about it is a phenomenal movie, but you got to be able to read to, to, to be able to do it. And not everybody Yeah, and that's can. okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take that. But I think it's, you know, it's very much like the artist, right? I mean, yeah. um, I think that that's not going to become the norm, but no. I do like the risks that they're taking. And I think it's cool. I, I, I'm excited about, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that is coming, right? Like we've got Better Call Saul tonight on the day that we were like today. Um, Amazing. I cannot wait to get into that. Me too. So I'm excited. always wanting more. Uh, they, those seasons are so quick. <laughs> like, I know they, like, they do go too fast. And, you know, I, I and then I was wondering, I think on Friday, I was I was like, when is Ozark coming back? And I typed it in and uh, Ozark three is coming. And um, it reminded me of a fight that I got into on, you know, I don't know, some Facebook group where. You know, and sometimes I make these big sprawling declarations without thinking them through. But I think that I made this declaration and I'm going to stand by it. And I think that Julianne Moore, I think you know, you know, she played Sarah Palin in Game Changer. She, I know, you know very she, well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, um, you know, she was in uh, The Big Lebowski. She, I think that she is a better fit as an actress, actor, or whatever. Um, than Laura Linney in anything, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Laura Linney's been in some of my favorite movies, but I can't stand her in everything that she's in. And I feel like Julianne Moore in every option makes it better. So Julianne Moore as the lawyer in Primal Fear, the movie's better. Julianne Moore as his wife in The Truman Show, better. I feel like uh, playing John Adams, playing Abigail Adams in the John Adams series better. And I feel like she'd be better in Ozark as well. It might just be a personal thing. People, when I put that out there on the Movie Talk uh, fan group, people went ballistic and told me that I was, you know, I was getting death threats for that comment. But I... uh, I believe it, man. Like she just annoys me. Like I, I just want to punch her in her face, and I, I, it's a horrible thing to say, and I never would do such a thing, but I do. Like she just annoys me to to levels of, and I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, I I want Julianne Moore. Like I want to start a, a ridiculous petition that won't go anywhere to replace every single um, role with with Julianne Moore and oh, yeah. CGI it. So Ozark is that's a uh, Netflix, right? It is Netflix. Yeah, it is. Yep. It is. Yep. Okay, I have never yep. watched that, and I've heard I should watch it because I like Breaking Bad so much, and just haven't gotten a chance to. Well, it's a, it's. I think it's a mix between um, Breaking Bad and Narcos um, because yeah. it's. Uh, you know that the the, the storyline is Jason Bateman is an accountant who has been tasked to launder cartel money, and uh, I got to watch this. Yeah, so you got to watch it. Um, <laughs> He's in. Uh, <laughs> I just was watching off. The Outsider on HBO. I, I've been. I'm up to speed on that one. It's a. It's a Jason Bateman. I think produced show, and he's in it as well. And uh, I'm excited about starting that too. It's a Stephen King story. Um, so it, I didn't know that going in, but then it started making sense as it got a little, little crazy as the show went on. I don't want to say too much since you haven't watched it, and it is brand new. Yeah, but it's yeah. pretty heady. It's pretty serious. It's got an amazing cast. Uh, HBO. Sh- I don't. It's not that killer HBO show out there by any means. It's a slow boil 
you know. Yeah, yeah, like uh, the Night of and uh, yeah, and the True Detectives. Like it needs that. Like HBO's good at smoldering, slow, good. You know, that's I think that those are solid. We watched um, in the middle of the night last night. We watched Going Clear again, and that is just, mm. it's just wild, man. It's just so, oh, man. I and that's what HBO does better than anybody is things yeah. like that, like Going Clear. Um, I heard last. Man. Did you? You've been. We've been both watching McMillions, right? Yes. Yeah. In real time. Just that, incredible. I, I don't know what it is about. Whenever I watch a documentary about anything about McDonald's, it makes me crave McDonald's. I know. <laughs> it's well, the best it's commercial friend. for McDonald's. Is it a documentary really is. about how McDonald's is or how bad it is for you. I'm like, hmm, I could really go for a Big Mac right now. <laughs> I could really go for some of those fries right now. They're so golden and perfect. <laughs> They really uh, are. And so um, what was that? I was going to say one more thing about that. Um, Jesus. Uh, we were on Ozark. We were on, but I forget. It's fine. It's gone. You'll come um, back. Yeah, it might. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm excited about that. Uh, that's Did coming you, at the end of March. You should really jump all over that. I should and, get um, caught up on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, what was it? Oh, yeah. So. That was Netflix Prime. Uh, we already talked about Bosch coming out next yeah. couple months. I started Hunters on Friday night, which is when it came out. Oh and yeah, I gotta I gotta get on that too. I didn't realize it was a Jordan Peele production. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I, I I'm not gonna say it's great. I'm not gonna say it's bad. I'm I'm saying jury is out. Okay. It's it's got that every you watch you watch the boys. Uh, I think yeah. probably a lot of the folks listening have watched the boys on Prime. So it's it has a feel around that centered in the seventies. Okay, Al Pacino is the anchor here. He's the AAA star that's you know drawing in viewers' eyeballs. Uh, it's about like Nazi hunters. It's got a very comic book feel to it uh, in an over the top like Quentin Tarantino revenge serial. Think Inglorious Bastards in a way, right? Okay, I like uh, it. Prota- all the protagonists. Uh, all this basically, we'll call it superhero group. They're, they're calling it Juper Hero Group. <laughs> um, okay. They're all minorities, so you have you know, Jewish, you have Black, you have Asian, um, you have gay. And I'm on the third ep episode. I'm still with it, but it, here's the thing, though: it's walking a very, very fine line on of being from good you know, to bad. I'm hoping it figures out its way and has a big, big payoff at the end. And here's what I mean. It's struggling because for me, it's dealing with the Holocaust first. Yeah. With flashback, flashbacks. That's a really, really tough thing to, to put on film, number one. And if you're not doing it right, you're doing it wrong. There's yeah, no gray yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very serious topic. But they're coupling it with these over-the-top characters that are kind of like a comic book cast of characters. Mm. So it's... I'm not off it. I'm not on it. I'm just, I'm kind of along for the ride to see how the season goes. I'm already bought in through about probably four hours worth of watching. Okay. Um, it's, it's good. I, I, I want, I want it to be really, really good. I kind of want to see more. I want to see how they thread this needle um, with taking the Holocaust, turning it into almost like an action comic exploitation type of a 70s yeah. Serial, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 interesting. I, I don't think it's going to have the same um buzz as the boys had because it to me it, it feels like the boys. <laughs> but, That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. All right, well um 
we usually line up on things like that, and that did not make me want to run to go see it. So yeah, um, I, I, again, as a season, it's all out there. So as I get through it, maybe it'll find its way. But it's, it's, it it feels like again, it's it's having a hard time for me figuring out what it is. Mm, uh, okay, at, at one moment it's it's very serious, very somber, and the very the, the next point is uh, they're going very over the top in how they're torturing uh, an ex Nazi. Right, so it's it's out there. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how else to say it, but no, without ruining good. it, no, that's a good um, that's a good lead in, and uh, I'll you know I'll give it a, a run, but you know it's 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 difficult to um, steal eyeballs now, man. And I think that, yeah, the thing that I was gonna say is that that um, you know HBO Max is right around the corner and it's coming, and now they've announced uh, a Friends reunion is complete, deal is signed, All and. Right. So now, you know, you've got, we've been without Friends, which is my wife's like fall asleep show. When she's ready to go, that's it. Friends goes on until she's sleeping and then I can change it. Uh, um, so uh, <laughs> we've been without that. So we've been, you know, she's picked another show, um, Twilight Zone, believe it or not, which is good. And um, that's been better for me than Friends. But um, so now, I mean, that, that comes out. I think that's going to be a big thing. And I think that more and more, like, I think that's going to be the next wave of things that people are talking about, especially with Cobra, Cobra Kai. Um, you know, if they can do it in that style of doing good creative storytelling, that might be the thing that where, you know, and, and that really is con culture, right? Bringing back the old stuff that we love, putting them in front of us, getting to take pictures with our idols. And, you know, like I can live with that. Top Gun is coming. The You know, so we might switch from superheroes and, and medieval make-believe George R.R. R. Martin to, um, you know, Top Gun and the Goonies remake and Friends coming back and all those things. You know, I think The Office will eventually come back. The West Wing will come back. Um, I think all that stuff is going to be, uh, you know, the future of what we're headed for. Yeah. I just saw something today on Entertainment Weekly. The Office has been off the air since 2013 and they did over, they did 201 episodes. Wow. Did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't it's, watch that show. It's crazy. Uh, and they're so rewatchable. It's like Seinfeld. It, it has yeah. the same longevity. I know. Uh, Friends is like that. that. Friends is very rewatchable too. Yeah. Um, the storylines are. and So anyway, I've got to uh, you know, wrap up here soon. I did want to just go through quickly um, – you know, sort of the, the on the horizon stuff. Um, yes. I know that uh, Quiet Place 2 is coming. I'm excited about that. I rewatched that it's recently. Only, it's it's less great... than a month away, man. It's March I, 20th. I cannot believe it. I saw it. It's crazy. I went to see 1917 yesterday, and that was Quiet Place 2 was one of the uh, previews for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's going to be good. Um, I'm excited about that. On the other side, I'm not excited about the New Mutants. They should have let it die. Yeah, um, I, I don't know why they didn't let it just say, okay, chalk that one up to a loss. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that, that Macy, uh, what's her face, and then Jonathan Byers from, uh, um, <laughs> you know, like, they, they, I don't know if they'll ever be more popular than they are today right now. So I can see why, if they've spent, if they invested $100 million into that movie as it sits, um, why they feel like they need to try to recuperate some of the money. But if Dark Phoenix is any indicator... Of how it's gonna go, it's it's not good, man. Yeah, it's the, not mo- good. A, the only interesting piece to it for me is it's a haunted house style story. Um, yeah, it's a different different feel altogether. 
but who knows if that's going to how that will relate to, how it know. could pan out so yeah and if and these are not going to be mcu right that this isn't tied no at all. it's not no nope. yeah so this nope. is just legacy fox yeah material uh yep. that you know they've already put the money in so now they'll just put it out and see what they can do with it see what they can get back and yep. um you know that's fine they don't own it anymore and these characters will just have to sit on the shelf for the next decade until they want to bring them back because i'm sure so it's not going to go well Another preview that I saw yesterday, and I don't know how this was com- just never, ever on my radar, was Bloodshot, uh, Vin Diesel. Mm. Did you the, the 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 preview looked incredible. I at first I thought I was like, I was watching like another another Triple X or yeah. or Fast and Furious, and then I started see, like paying attention to what I was seeing. Going, oh man, this looks pretty good <laughs> like uh, a little more graphic than i expected it to be in the preview but it's still getting a pg-13 so i don't know how that's playing out but yeah man it looks really really good i never read the comic uh bloodshot but yeah, on a, I mean, even if i didn't know it was a comic i'm interested in seeing this one and i'm not necessarily into vin diesel as a lead actor but yeah i don't he hasn't been able to carry these kind of franchises in the past um no. You know, did not do great with Triple X, did not do great with, um, the, what was the, the other one? Dark, uh, um, yeah, yeah. What's, what's it called? Um, Ridley? Uh, yeah, yeah, Chronicles yeah. of Ridley. Um, right? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and so I I have, I, I remember Mark and Kevin talking about this on, um, you know, when, when it got done. I don't know that Vin Diesel was attached to it or not. It's not, this isn't really my... Um, in my wheelhouse all that much. Um, mm-hmm. But I, uh, if you say, you know, I'll check the trailer out now that it's out there. Um, yeah. You know, uh, this I, one completely caught me by surprise. It, it got me interested enough that I might throw, you know, a $5 ticket against it on a Tuesday night to go see it. Yeah, no, that's good. And I think that, I think that is exactly what this needs and maybe it surprises you. And listen, if this does well, it opens up, you know, for things like, uh, kill or be killed or you know mm-hmm. or That's criminal or fatal or you know like that that these are the ones that i want to see get created um so if this does well then maybe it opens that door um hopefully it does well and, and it grabs a cult following and there's certainly enough people out there that's that are willing to pay for it mm-hmm. um i'm very in this way i think this is a, a great way to close the show is that i'm very concerned and very scared for black widow um yes. Um, I, you're right, man. And you say it all the time in Fi UE Trust and he has not let us down yet. Um, God, I was just watching uh, the first Avenger the other day and just how freaking amazing that movie is. And, and some of those, just how great they, even Ragnarok and Taika and, you know, just how well they've stuck the landing on everything. And I really have a deep fear that this is going to be the first real big swing and a miss. Um, and I, it's just a feeling, man. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. I'm feeling, I guess I, I, I feel a little better about it I, I, than you do. I, but I do have that same thought that this could be the first one that could be the lowest rated um, yeah. you know, for the critics, if you care about that thing. Uh, it could be the lowest rated one out there. Black Widow certainly deserves to have her own story, her own yeah, ten solo years story. I'm worried that this is not the. I, I'm worried that this is going to be too 
over the top. And I think you had said it, and I, I certainly noticed it right away. If you watch the trailer, a piece about her and her sister fighting, and it's just so cheesy. Man, just the, that the, to me the was the dialogue, and the, I was like, oh. It's the one piece of that trailer I was not at all impressed by. Everything else, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm in with this until I see stuff like that. It's so contrived and been done a million times before, and they're better than that. Oh, and then David Harbour with a fake Russian accent. Like, dude, it's got it's oh, got right. the setup to be really bad. It's got the setup to be – it's got <laughs> all the little pieces where you go, oh, man, putting this together, this, this could not play well at all. And I hope I'm wrong, and I hope that Feige – like – Here's the thing, though, like the 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 women Star Wars, I mean, not Star Wars, the women Ghostbusters movie happened. And now, you know, and the and the, the Charlie's Angels reboot. And, you know, I, I think that it I don't know if it's the woke thing that, you know, we're pushing to, to, to get these. Like, I don't think Birds of Prey landed as well as it, as they anticipated. Now, Wonder Woman stuck the landing because it got the right director and the right story and the right script, and it was great, right? And 84 could be really great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just hope that it doesn't fall into the trap of it's a it's a woman-led superhero movie with a... Like, I hope that it's not following the formula and it's, it's standalone and the script is strong enough to carry it. So, I, question then, um, drawing on your comic book knowledge, right? Yeah. So this is the beginning of phase two. I know there's a lot of noise around what phase two is ultimately going to be, but no one, let's be honest, all those are rumors. There's nothing that's locked down. Everything's, oops, everything is wide, wide open in terms of where are we going with this? Yeah. In your, let's, your exclusive nerd pod take here, where do you think we're going with this coach? Knowing I think that Black the, well, Widow kicks this off has to has something significant for this storyline. Well, I think that here's what I I know based on what I've seen is of, of what's coming. Right, like that this is going to play into the multiverse, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And where I think the future lies is in the Eternals, and. The, the upcoming, you know, I think the multiverse is a very smart way to go because you get to have characters that you loved in the past that are that can live and be their own thing. And then you get the Eternals and then you get the, you know, you get mutants and X-Men and you probably get the Fantastic Four. And, you know, you get a fresh take on all of that with sort of Doctor Strange and the multiverse and the, you know, and, and even I have no idea what WandaVision or what if is going to be like. But I I can tell you that it, it kicks off into a bunch of different directions. And I think that it's smart. But, you know, this will have a big reveal at the end. It will. Um, that will lead into... Um, something within the multiverse. That's what I think. Okay. That's multiverse. My That's our yeah. uh, prediction here. We'll see how, how spot on. <laughs> I think. The, I the think the thing you should. Be? I think the thing you should be most excited about, though, is the Eternals. Like that is, mm-hmm. 
you know, forget this, forget Black Widow, forget, and, and WandaVision could be great, and some of those other things, but the Eternals is the new, um, you know, the Infinity Saga. It's the, that's the next saga that is gonna replace a lot of the things that, and be excited about it, because I think they got the right actors, I think they got, that is the future as far as I'm concerned. Do we see uh, Thanos again? No, 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 we, no. Do we see we have, who? Who? Who do you think would be the um, the big antagonist in this? The big in the the, in that. Well, I think that Doom is coming. I mean, for sure, <laughs> they're gonna find. I mean, that's gonna happen. Um, you know, the big bads are gonna be. Um, I mean, the big bads are baked into the Eternals. You know what I mean? Yep. So, um, you know that 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 story lives. So I think the next big. You know, if uh, I think the next big, big is going to be Victor Von Doom. That's what I think. Oh, I would love uh, that done right. That'd be so amazing. Done right. It's going to be great. And I just want a new surfer. A great. Although I like the surfer that we had. Um, I'd like to see a surfer backstory. You know, he's number two. My Captain America, you know, Cap's number one. Uh, surfer's number two for me. Gotcha. So. Cool. Good take. So <laughs> you have, now that I've watched Inception, you have... And you lost the, the bet. For I the did Oscar lost boys. the Oscar bet. Yeah, so I, I will be. Yeah, did okay. By, by next show, I will have Rocketeer done. Nice. So we're gonna get. You brought up the first Avenger, and this is from the same director of the first Avenger. The Rocketeer was perhaps the first superhero movie that I watched, and was just blown away by. I believe it's not that dated, even though it's from like the around nineteen ninety ish is when it came out. Perfect. I think you're going to love it. Um, I mean, what's not to love? You have jetpacks, Nazis, uh, one of the Bonds. So nope, you're I'm in. all the way in. I'm all <laughs> the way in. I'm very excited about it. So I'll actually do that today. So Excellent. So, so cool, man. Great to be back. I can't wait. This is season two. This is episode one of season two. Can't wait to do the next one, and which will be much sooner than you know, seven-month, six-month uh, <laughs> uh, sabbatical. I know that some of our listeners are going to be very happy to see us uh, jump up on their feed tomorrow. And we will be back. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Um, anything in closing before I... Hey, man. Everyone, it's good to be back. Uh, it's been too long. Be kind to each other. It's been a, a rough couple years, I think, for a lot of people. Sure. But hey, don't take life too seriously, right? Let's uh, right. go enjoy some, some great movies. Let's have some fun. And NerdPod is back. Yeah, baby, back. Go watch Fleabag. All right, boys. Let's close it down. All right, boys. Let's close it down. Look at me, man. Can't you see that I'm dying? Look at you, man. Doing all your wanting. Leaning against me like a goddamn bull. So close, too close. My skin starts to glow. Sweat pouring down, singing in my life. Blood starts to boil. Watch your temperature rise. You have been listening to NerdPod with Coach and K-Rock from Podacy Entertainment. Be sure to follow Coach and K-Rock to stay up to date on all upcoming NerdPods and Podacy programs on Instagram, which you can find them at Podacy, that's P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, on Twitter, which is at NerdPodacy, which is N-E-R-D-P-O-D-D-E-S-Y, and Facebook, they're at NerdPod.